0: What's up, buddy? Another episode of Ready, Set, Go, Harry. We're in the building. Hey, we here with Will Collins. Y'all know this man right here. Fast University in the building. And I'm honored to be with one of my favorite people in the world, Coach Vince Anderson. Yes, sir. One of the ghosts, one of the legends. One of the legends Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's get started, man. You know, this episode we're going to do a little different. We're going to let Will ask a lot of the questions and kind of let um, me me and Coach Anderson kind of navigate through them together. You see where we at.
1: So, you know, I want to do uh, coach a great justice um, and give him a full introduction of who he is. So for viewers who may not know his entire background or the true gravity of who he is, um, he's for one, a mentor for some of the greatest coaches out there that are now still coaching, uh, former coach of Texas A&M, uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Am I missing any?
2: University of Houston. I, I was a volunteer assistant for three years, and that's where I began learning, and that's where I was given access to knowledge for the first time. Because I'm a product, I'm a product of mentorship and of coaches' education.
1: Yeah. Mm. So a phenomenal man. And if you ever ran wickets, this man is one of the one of the, one of the pioneers, and we're actually probably the pioneer who made it to where we could understand how to use them effectively and even get that started. Because at one point in time in training, we didn't even have the knowledge of stride patterns and different conversations like this. Uh, and I feel like for one, for me, he's been a great mentor to me and a lot of success that you've seen in fast shoe is based off of, you know, some of his mentorship and guidance. So I want to tell you, thank you, coach. If I never did tell you thank you publicly, oh. I want to make sure I told you thank you for all you've done for me.
2: Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. It's all, it's all good. We we have to pass forward what we know. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, just... Justin and Sean and Leonard, they literally were the first people that we ever worked that out with. Like mm-hmm. we started, came to the track, like that's when it started <laughs> was with those guys. And it, it worked with the, the paint sticks. It worked, it, it worked with those guys. And so
0: we, we just on kept stride, on doing right? it. We kept that, we tightened that stride up and
2: yeah, it was done right.
0: After that.
1: So I'm I mean, I'm going to jump in. And actually just, it's kind of organic. So I'm going to keep it yeah. organic, right? So, Coach, I think there's a big difference in between the Jamaicans in the U.S. and the British, right? I think Jamaicans don't really believe in having too much uh, inhibition by having stride patterns. I have not seen too much wickets being put sure. out in too many Jamaican training sessions. Sure. Until, until recently. I've seen more yeah, wickets. Sure. But in the British style and the U.S. style, especially collegiately, do you would you agree that we go more towards stride pattern and, and building those wickets and that pattern out and then... I guess Caribbeans are more rhythm runners or what do you think the big difference is?
2: Well, uh, I haven't talked to that many Jamaican coaches. The, I I know a few, mm-hmm. obviously having come up in the U S collegiate system. Um, I think that the main difference is, is, is this, the, first of all, there's a lot of bad interpretations of, wicked drill a Mm -hmm. lot of people use it as a form drill and in fact some people really use it as an acceleration drill which it's not Mm -hmm. and the way i deployed it i will still deploy it and deployed it with them was that is a drill expressly for the last 50 meters of your hundred that drill has nothing to do with zero to 50 Mm -hmm. of your hundred it has everything to do with 50 to 100 after Mm -hmm. you're upright and you're stepping down yeah agreed There it's a, is it's a max velocity drill. Yeah, there is an there is a little bit of acceleration at Component the beginning. To enter, to but, but that's it. incidental. You have to do that to get going, but yeah. very quickly so you're upright. It's, up a, it's right. a positional drill. Correct. That. Okay. At, but you know, if you size it right mm-hmm. for your people, whether you have little ones or big ones, if you size it right for your people. By the time they get out the stride twelve to eighteen, they can't go any faster. So, I'm about like th- they're full out yes. at that point.
1: Yeah. So, I'm about to get criminal here because because there yeah. you about to give them some gems. I can feel it. What is the biggest flaw you've seen watching the internet and people using wickets? What's the biggest flaw? Come well, on, man, I, come on, give okay, it to okay, them, Well, coach. I, I, Don't I see hold two back.
2: people are okay. First of all, it's it it's. Sprinting is not about stepping over anything. Stepping down. Sprinting is about stepping down. Mm -hmm. So that's why... When we unless start, you can step over the top of your sock, like you taught me,
0: when it <laughs> came to hurdles, <laughs> when it came to hurdles, he uh-huh. said between hurdles you gotta feel like you're stepping over the top of your yeah, sock. but that's what hurdles. You, that's what? a little yeah, different. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, of course, but but the, I was just using because you said stepping over, right? right. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> sprinting, sprinting is about stepping down, down mm-hmm. and the 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 purpose of the wick, like I see some people with 18 inch wicket, like it's not oh, how yeah. high a barrier you can step mm-hmm. over. The the barriers, excuse me, the slats or the hurdles are literally restricted. Plates. Yes. I mean, they're they're there because people don't want to step on anything. Exactly, exactly. So you have them out in front of them, so people step down instead of stepping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's number one. And then number two, I think a lot of people, if you do, my experience watching the drill unfold and watching athletes do it is that if you size the spacing properly for your particular athlete or group of athletes, If you do have it sized properly, they're not going to make it through 18 steps. Unless they have a six stride run in, so I see a lot of eyeballing of the run in. Why Why does it, lot- it have to be six strides specific? What makes that such, okay? A, such because a because to get that to stay in to, on top of the run mm-hmm. that deep into it, mm-hmm. you got to have some momentum. Yeah, gotta, yeah So yeah. if back, you back, just back, skip back. into it,
1: so that's a minimum. A minimum of six strides. Yeah, saying? a minimum. A it okay. might take you more, but like okay.
2: if you if you have it sized right. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get you're not gonna stay on top of the run from twelve to eighteen if you take a four-step run in or a soft run in. That's like an example. Or if you just skip into your run in. Yeah. Like once you have it sized right, you gotta back them up a little bit. And and then as I say, there's no shame if you need to skip into the zero or if you have to have an eight-step run. You do whatever you have to do to get Mm -hmm. them on, and then they're over the wicket. So you gotta, you gotta make sure you size it right, and then you gotta make sure they're flying all the way through that's the main thing i see so coach
0: you show so much passion for track and field when did you fall in love with track and field
2: oh i fell in love with track and field the first track meet i ever went to and my father took me to the southwest conference championships in like 1968 and they were supposed to be at rice and it got rained out And they moved it to one of the very first tracks in the United States that had a a synthetic surface, San Jacinto High School. Mm. And it blew my mind. Dad said, we're going to a track (laughs) meet. And I'm like, you know, what? Okay, sure. And just all the colors and the athletes, and the like, it just blew my mind. And uh, uh, you know how it's kind of like this. Uh, You wouldn't have predicted, like you had no conscious idea that you were going to go to something that was going to grab you. Sometimes things choose you. Mm. And in my case, track chose me. Mm. And that happens to people. Yeah, I, I had no idea what I was walking into. Yeah, and got, Here I am in, you know, uh, that's 1969. So, you know, 55 years later, here I am, you know, and I'm a track coach. Who knew? So it's so strange. So
1: on, one of the crazy things about you that people don't know and what I find to be amazing and is that your your background is actually in architecture? Correct. So, give me a little bit of a uh, background on that.
2: Well, uh, my mother was an artist, and my grandfather, who I never met, her father. So was, your mom was an artist. What kind of artist? She she painted, she sculpted, she drew, and I mean, and she, she was making money off it. She made jewel well as best she could. It was her li- passion, though. It was that's passion. Passion. My mom was yeah. like that too. That's well, crazy. Yeah, her she like most artists. Yeah she had to teach art to supplement to make her, art. her practice yes. gotcha. because like you, you, but she, but she made uh, silk screen uh cards mm. she made jewelry she sculpted in bronze mm. she drew she painted uh so you she how, made she she did. I mean, we had. So uh, she taught
1: you that as a young person, as a young kid. She taught you how to draw. And, she did. And we look had to scale. go to art
2: class over the summer when we didn't have class. We're not in school, so over the summer mm-hmm. when she was having like summer art classes, like we would go to those because we weren't in school. Didn't so that was our daycare. Yeah, yeah. mm. we would go take would go take drawing classes with mom, with <laughs> mom and stuff. So she so. did a lot of different media's, right? A so lot. Like, yeah. This,
0: were they self taught? Did she just take the time to oh, teach no, herself?
2: She, well again that was her passion and her background but she was a studio art major in college mm, okay. so she you know at least had that much training yeah. and her friends her the community she she ran in and her friends they were all artists and so you know, you know much like if we live in a track community That if, was if, my first major yeah. when yeah. I came to school remember?
1: yeah yeah i was i'm 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 my mom is um my mom does floral bridal design she does painting, so, like, I'm an artist, so that's that's why I do, I think track is art. Yeah. Track is art to me.
2: It, it it in fact, is, and, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's beautiful physical movement, you know, like dance or, you know, pantomime, like, it's it's just- I think that's why I was drawn to you as a coach,
1: me, honestly, me, me being transparent, you know, and this is what we do on this show, obviously, but my biggest draw to you was when you told me your background, and then I saw your pe- your, let me show you. <laughs> I don't have any drawings show from there, some, but show yeah. me, show me, show, him, show him, coach. When I start to see how coach sees how coach sees sprinting is when I
0: saw, and this was what I was getting for I was getting this kind of books for him. Didn't know, I didn't when know I was in college, yeah,
2: so you know
1: I just <laughs> I have all <laughs> those
0: Still Coach in my Tellez,
2: time. Coach Tellez. You know I, I would find pictures and film like this was actually taken from a sixteen millimeter camera, uh, you know that I uh, ran film on the wall and had taped taped up paper on the wall, and then just literally drew figures, you know, from from the pictures projected onto the wall. Because
1: Showing the proper golden symmetry from a good set start position. That's what well, I want. Well, this
2: is, okay, so... Look at this. Well, so, we, you know, one thing we figured out about the start position is there's nothing arbitrary. I'll hold it for you. Thank you. There's nothing arbitrary about it. The, you know... It's perfectly proportional from the first point of support at set to the to the back foot, which is the back point of support. The hip is directly in the middle and it forms a beautiful stable triangle. And if you drop the hip down, it's at the front of the front foot, which is the midpoint of support. And then very beautifully, if you bisect the triangle the other way, it goes through the front shin and the shoulder which is the line of the post. So, the so fa- it's an inherently stable, organized system. So for everybody that's
1: that's not geeking out like I am, but I'm geeking out, for me, that's how I see track and field. This is how I see track. So whenever you see a start on my videos, I look at for these lines and lines, these align- angles, lines. angles. Yeah. I'm looking yes. for these things. Yeah. So it's like, the fact that you expressed that to me that way, the first time we met, I said, man, where have you been my whole life? You know what I mean? I was like, this is what I believe. <laughs> And this is my style of seeing track. You know, this is how I see it, you know? so And I,
2: I think, too, honestly, and we're lucky in that all of us have, it's just in our genes, we have a little bit of artistic insight. But... If one doesn't have that, it's still okay, because you can learn to see it if someone tells you those lines are mm, there. Mm, like, yeah. if even if you don't have an artistic background, like, let's say you're an engineer or yeah. you're an entrepreneurial person. Over time, you'll see the lines. When someone says, hey, the lines are there. Yeah. That's what it takes. Then you can begin Mm -hmm. to see them. Exactly. And someone may see them quicker than another person, but that's just learning. So, you know, the the thing that makes a good track coach is I think someone who seizes upon their strengths, like you're a phenomenal interpersonal communicator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you see lines. Or... You have a fantastic organizational brain and know how to progress work. Like whatever your strengths it strengths are, that's where you have to really bring to the game and make it work for you. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways yeah. to animate it and make it beautiful. But I agree for sure. It requires your best. So whatever aptitudes you have to bring to the process, man, let those show. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I got a question for you, coach. You've been in the game for how long?
2: This is year 30. I finished 38 going into 39. You're 39. Gosh. Gosh, who knew? Great Goodness. career, right? <laughs> so <Goodness>. far, definitely.
0: <laughs>
1: Phenomenal career.
0: Um what is your biggest moment or moments and what's your toughest moments
2: throughout your career? The biggest well, first. T- well, my toughest my toughest moment would be losing my job at AM because no one wants mm. to get fired, you know. Mm. But I did you know it was welcoming to the coach uh, to the community of coaches because mm-hmm. i you know go, when i went in to my credit uh you know that that can always happen and you don't ever pretend that it can't mm. you know and when it finally happens to you you know you can't whine or moan about it you know uh and why did uh, you
1: retire from the collegiate scene from that moment when you could have continued
2: Because it was an opportunity. Uh, We realized, hey, this door's closing on some things. It's going to give you some other opportunities. And I I will admit, all jobs have their great points and their weak points. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And coaching is really what I liked. Mm -hmm. I, I never really enjoyed the all of the ever increasing administrative responsibilities of, of being coaching. a collegiate yeah, coach and then, okay God, at least I get to now go out at 2 30 and do my thing so is that one of the reasons why you didn't want to be a head coach like
0: you were cool with the position that you were in as an assistant coach you can be able to do what you love to do because
2: that you were, you was go, that on. was part of it but I I did because you were more than
1: qualified to be well, three I, times I a head coach, well, four, four or five yeah, times a
2: head coach. I understand, but full disclosure, you I say. had a couple of opportunities mm-hmm. and I didn't just want to take any job. Like when I was at Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I love my job at Tennessee. There weren't many assistant positions better than that. I mean, there's maybe a couple, but not many. I mm-hmm. mean, I always thought I had like the third or fourth best job in the country. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to A&M, same thing, I only had to move my wife twice. And my son once, so yeah. I didn't want to move. He had all a good time. career. So I didn't want, so part of the other thing too, and I don't pass judgment on this. Everybody is, is different, but I didn't want to move that much. Mm. Like, because that, that was, very was very disruptive to Charlie was very disruptive to Cole. You know, you got to really pick those spots. So, so my that thought was, that was, was a big if reason. I was going to be a head coach, I was going to move for the right thing. Mm. Now, I do know coaches who've told me like, I want to be a head coach so bad. I want to run my own shop mm-hmm. and do that. And so there, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah, that makes so sense. Th- that was my- You're a family thing. man. Yeah, you're a family so, man. That makes sense. So I remember him telling me this. Yeah, that's So dope. that's part of the equation that's also. That's good. Um, but I'm glad it turned out that way because you are right. There's many headaches by not being a head coach yeah. that I did without and never experienced. That's and good. for that, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so what's,
0: what's one of your, what's some of your biggest moments?
2: The Okay. Well, uh, I've coached a lot of wonderful athletes, Justin. I, I won't, uh, and really honestly, uh, and I'm, I'm not being evasive. I've had so many wonderful moments that it's, it's, it's would be, uh, indulgent and boring to go through them that's all that's facts one of the biggest seriously w- one of my favorites was your for your wins at ncaa as, as a freshman uh, 2001 freshman. okay Man, that's crazy and but what made that but the thing that made that i think the thing that really made it special the fact that you doubled at that meet true
1: freshman uh
2: and what um were the first freshman to win the 100 and 200 since bobby morrow
1: that's crazy
2: uh, was was obviously a special thing to witness, but what really made it special was the, this one super tiny, super short encounter after our last practice before going to the NCAA meet. I do not remember. You simply walked up to me it, very sheepishly. Justin is a very soft-spoken guy. People are shocked to, to think that, you know, they think he's a loud screamer, going to bang your head against mm. the wall. He says... And as my, as 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 my wife says, you know, he's he's really a, a very gentle soul, mm-hmm. and he comes up to me sheepishly, almost apologetically mm-hmm. after practice, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Coach, I think I can win the 200."
0: <laughs> and I said,
2: "Listen to me very carefully. Mm-hmm. You can win them both. <laughs> no, you can actually, win them both." I actually remember this conversation <laughs> because. <laughs>
0: At that moment, <laughs> when you said that to me, I was
2: like, "Well, I've been th- seeing, I couldn't uh, have I said can win them the both. All right, we got to win them <laughs> yeah, both." And, and see, but but yeah. here's the thing: I couldn't have told you that if I hadn't already been thinking that. Mm. See, I had like it's not like the thought hadn't crossed mm. my mind. Like it didn't just get into my mind when you asked me. But okay, now that you asked me, yeah, we're gonna have this mm-hmm, talk because. Mm-hmm. You so, know, so I felt like from that moment on <laughs> even before that
0: moment I was like man I can't win this man I was like you got Kim Collins out there who's tearing up the scene yeah yeah he
1: was going and hard. then
0: when I ran the 200 actually the first round coach I was, I was lying I was scared I ain't gonna lie to you cause you had Jawan Hooker who rarely ran 19 yes. seconds and I have ran against nobody who ran 19 seconds so when I ran 19.8 in the semis it was because I didn't want him to catch me so I just got out ran you know what I mean so that's all the things that you saw in me, you brought it out in me. So even those, those words of you telling me that I could do it, that instilled more confidence. But it
2: happened organically. You know, I think probably I would have had the discussion with you on the way to the, uh, you know, like when we got to the meet or something, you know, like on that Sunday or after practice on Monday or yeah. something like that, but you brought it up right then. I said, well, let's go right now. And it was, but it was our last practice at Knoxville. Before we went on the plane the next day,
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and uh, so that was a great moment. But what re- so the winning and the witnessing of that were beautiful and of beautiful in and of themselves. But I mm-hmm. think the thing that really made it special is there was a there was a little bit of a backstory, you know, like yeah. like it, it just it was sort of uh, the coming to pass of something that we thought we could do mm-hmm. yeah and, and when you think you can do something and then it gets done there, there's kind of a special feeling to that. it is and then the other thing and this is a, 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 I guess the morality tale uh and i'm very very proud of this winning the four by one for the first time was fabulous because we were runner up six times before we broke through <laughs> and so everybody says you just walk no 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 it's hard out there man oh yeah <laughs> and we never backed off yeah. we ne- like and finally to win one i was like Coach, <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> man. we were runner up not once not five we were That's runner crazy. up six times That's in the four crazy. by one Coach. at tennessee and at A, before we broke through and got one and then we broke and then when the we we the first
1: one we won. We won five in a row. Yeah, I mean, y'all. I ain't So you, like, just, that was you when just
2: when we were with TCU when they was yeah. all blacked
1: out. Yeah, yeah. Whole TCU was suit, on a different language back legs then. Legs and
0: arms all blacked out.
1: And that's back when the fashion of track and field wasn't forward like that, and they had the all one piece. Yes. Black body yes. suit. That's yeah. right. And yeah. the
0: white ones too. Yeah. The white yeah. ones too. It so was we, crazy. We, we, when, you know when when Kim left, you know, it was like, all right, TCU's dismantled. So it's our time, relay time, right? I was like. In walks in LSU. Yeah. With the ragtag group. I'm like, hey, you going to have 100-meter sprint on this relay. Yeah. And that's really kind of made me change my mind about how relay and synergy really works. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I
2: was like, but we to got be a 400 fair, hurdler. Yeah.
0: <laughs> two, two, I think it was a like 400 hurdler, 400-meter 400 runner. Yes. Triple jumper. And another 400-meter runner as well.
2: But they were all great. And they could oh, yeah. all sprint. And, mm-hmm. and so y- y- they, you're right. They No, no primary sprinters no but all great athletes yeah. and uh the the same foursome won the four by one mm. So it was the same four guys excuse me same group, foursome ran the four by four. four so they won the four by four and the four by one same four people so just outstanding versatile athletes yeah. and um but uh so when we won the four by one for the first time that was a, a breakthrough simply because we had been you know uh Knocking on the door so much, and you're always always trying to break through and get it done. Yeah. And um, so,
0: hey, y'all know what time it is. If you're not watching Ready Set Go, then you need to have your eyes on Prize Picks. It's a daily fantasy sports game. Rod, right? tell them what it is, man. Let me tell you how easy it is. Use our code Gatlin. Head over to PrizePicks.com or download the app, and let's get it popping. At Prize Picks, you don't play against anybody. You play only against the Prize Picks projections. You pick between two to six players, and you select either more or less against the prize picks' projections. And you know the best part about it? It takes less than 60 seconds to make your entries. Now, that's my kind of sport. You guys know I'm always flying with my Eagles, but prize picks does way more than just the NFL. They do the NBA, track and field, and a plethora of other sports. Tap into prize picks. And with prize picks, you can win up to 25 times your money. You can turn 10 into 250. And you can turn 100 into 2,500. You get what I'm saying? cha choo! With our code GATLIN, prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. That means if you put in $10, they'll put in $10. If you put in $50, they'll put in $50. But we all know you want to put in that $100. Go to slash GATLIN and use the code GATLIN for the first deposit match up to $100. Well,
1: I got a question, coach. Yes, sir. Um, you know, me getting to know you from just you know, for one, my first time meeting you was at the South Carolina clinic, and then you came out to my practice. You were recruiting, uh, Lance, I believe, at yes. that time, and you know we had Ryan as well. You were at the hill. I was. Right? You yeah. we were at the yeah, hill. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, let me tell you about the coach. That's why, I, I and mean, we this is our first time physically meeting, right? He was telling me what I should or should not be doing. He's like, "Yeah, I feel like they should be doing this. Why are they not doing it?" He was giving me like actual coaching, like like information. Like I right? was,
0: you
2: was, but, you was but that's out of coach.
1: bounds. That's it sounds... was though. It I was.
2: don't like. No, <laughs> that's out was. of bounds. Like, I love I it though. I can't believe I was doing. But can that. I say something?
1: Yeah, but I, I loved it because I took it as if you were like, you were like, you were just, you wasn't doing it on purpose. That's kind of how you were. You know what I mean? And it's just, you was like. So
2: I apologize. No, no,
1: you were talking about Moyo. You were like, yeah, he should probably do a little bit more of this. He doesn't have much of a short game. He needs to work on this. It, but damn, coach, I just mentioned, but that's just true though. That's right. You know what I mean? And I love that though. But <laughs> well, no, I'm glad I, you I, loved I, it
2: because that's that's overstepping one's bounds. Well, I apologize. I apologize. Well, this, well, look, passion passion.
0: this this leads
1: into my conversation. I'm culturally, I'm from Korea, and my dad's black, and he's from Louisiana. So culturally, we like all that. That's the type of energy we like. My mom's very much telling me what should be done or should not be done. And from growing up in the country in the South, my dad's similar, you know, a military at that. So how was it for you being married to a black woman back in the days? I mean, Because, you know, obviously you're not my age.
2: Sure. Well, first of all, I I was very lucky and it's been the most important event of my life because most of the... most of my good behaviors and good be- good consciousness has come from her. I was very immature, mm. like a lot of males are. Thanks. And, uh, you know, my wife, you know, taught me a lot about living. Uh, you know, uh, as a black woman, you know, she's obviously, uh, you know, I was oblivious to many of the difficulties that she has walked in her shoes daily. And... Uh, obviously, I, I I I I love her, and uh, you know. But but when you yourself, you know, you know, you're not uh, not a racist. If you're not aware of racial injustice and mm-hmm. what it's like to be at the receiving end of that, mm-hmm. you know, it it took her to get my attention and go no man these are the shoes i walk into, you, Nailing, need, yeah. you yeah. need to get hip to that and 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 when was um, one then, then that's the, and that becomes an important part of mm-hmm. your education as a non person of color mm. to then begin to i didn't always support my wife right so to begin to support her properly mm. i had to be aware of these things and grow into, and become sensitive you know because I didn't, you know, that wasn't my experience, but wasn't it was exactly. hers. And I, and, yeah. and, and boy, that, that matters and it counts. And I have to, I have to change my awareness more into that worldview mm-hmm. to be a better husband for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, can you give me like an example of one of the things? Cause I'm, I'm Korean and I can give you one example of mine. Like I was in Korea when I was young um, I was the only black kid amongst thousands and thousands and thousands of Koreans. We'd go to the village, or we'd go to the market, and every Korean people when they see me, they look at me, and because they never seen me right. or something like this before, right. they'll watch me and look at me. So I felt special in a way, but then also, my mom told me about the words that they might be saying to us, which are like you know derogatory terms, like you know the N word for Korean words, right? So like, have you had experiences? you know, in your times that you can kind of speak on that kind of represented that a little bit and kind of shown what y'all had to walk through and kind of overcome to be married. Because my mom and my my dad, it was hard. When they first came to the United States, it was hard because black women didn't like the fact that this black man is with this Korean woman.
2: Right. Um, th- there was some of that, but it was, it was also things like... Uh, like we went to Europe mm-hmm. the summer after we got married, that mm-hmm. was our honeymoon, and so we went to the Soviet Union, we went to Finland. Um, and uh, in, in some of those places, we went. My wife was a novelty, people wanted to touch her hair, you know. Oh, one guy yeah. came in mm-hmm. and his mother probably picked, Russia, too, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like, oh, can China. we touch your you know, and yeah. and, and um, and uh, uh. You know that, that that was just obviously you, you know awkward different. for her and, diff- <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 I I I I don't know I, I it was just it was unexpected to mm-hmm. me I never thought about that and I think and even as it w- was happening I wasn't you know fully aware of, of what was going on mm-hmm. and now of course you know one is a lot more sensitive and plus too the world has grown a little not facts, as facts. enough as we hope, but but yeah you know uh, uh the world has gotten a little bit smaller thankfully but but. But, you know, those kind of things. And I was just kind of oblivious and I could have been, you know, much, much more supportive and, and, uh, aware. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, there's a few things that draw me to, drew me to you, but those are some of the specific things, your, your artistic background, as well as, you know, your family background. Um, but along with that, I mean, you've called me before I remember, and it's, I'm always transparent. Part of my culture is the korean style in me but i remember you called me a few times and it wasn't about anything specific and you were just telling me i forgot what it was i don't know if it was about i think it was about muhammad ali you, something specific you gave me something specific and you just called me i happened to be on the toilet that day too i looked all the toilet talking and i was listening <laughs> to you i was like man this guy actually cares about me as a coach because you were i think you might have seen some posts that i was putting out and you're like Coach. I'm
2: sure that's what it was. Yeah, he's like,
1: I like what you got going. I like where your head is at. I want to just encourage you. And you, you you, gave me some very encouraging words. And then you also challenged me for some things. I think it was something based on, um, it was something important. I know it was like either, I don't know if it was society or something, but it was something about us being coaches. And I was like, man, I appreciate that. But that's another thing I, I like about you a lot, Coach. And I wanted to, you know, For one, at least give you your props online and, you know, in the presence of the podcast. But I wanted to ask you one question, one question. What do you feel like is the biggest transition? Because I'm a new coach and Justin's now becoming a coach. And I think that'd be a good place to, like, you know, end off on. What do you see from the past? that now is happening now that we can make us better coaches because we look at you as mentors and we look at you to, for sure. that type of, you know, guidance. What do you see can make us better? And what do you see is something that can we can do to add more value to this game and sport?
2: Well, first of all, y'all are going to do great because you're the future. Um, I think that all disciplines, um, there's always a struggle um, from generation to generation to be modern and new. but I think whether you're a track coach or you're a a novelist or whether you're an entrepreneur and you run restaurants, I think things are more constant than people are aware of. Like, things do change, but they change incrementally and gradually. And the game you're in is not that much different from when I got in. It is a little. Yeah. But... Mm -hmm. And a lot of those things are good. People are smarter now. Y'all are smarter than I was when I started coaching. Y'all are more worldly than I was when I started coaching. Y'all have had more direct experience with Mm -hmm. track and field than you did when I started coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the athletes that you coach are smarter and Mm -hmm. more worldly Mm than just because of the smaller world. Social media, call it what you want. More you information. Know, the, the, the reforms of the educational system. So I think you're probably starting off maybe on higher rungs of the ladder. I think mm-hmm. the the key there is just like this is where it goes goes old school and doesn't matter that it's 2023. 20, mm-hmm. You have to be honest. You have to support your athletes, you have to teach them with, with love. That doesn't mean everything that they do is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if they do something that that is not in the best interest of the team or representing your organization, you have to go, look, no, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. Like there's another way to do it. We have more character than that. You yeah. know, yeah. like if you mm-hmm. want to do that foolishness, that's okay. Go down the road because we're going to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. And every institution you know, whether it's Alabama football or UCLA basketball or has to sort of define how they want to do things. Mm -hmm. And that I see y'all doing that, you know, with your social media posts, you know, uh, and, and, uh, you know, uh, it's important as you establish your way of doing things, that's the knowledge and the legacy that, Teaching, if you will, coaches have to be teachers. That's the teaching that you pass along, Mm -hmm. and that becomes sort of the legacy of not just your work, but you set them off in directions where they can then do their best. And the more people you launch and are successful, the better your organization looks. And I I see y'all doing that. And, um, you know, just keep up the good work and keep, you know, keep teaching your kids. You know, supporting what they're doing in school, supporting what they're doing, uh, you know, in their family life, mm. you know, because they'll need you on that to, 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 they need more support than they get in the house and that they get in the school. They yeah. need it from Amen. everywhere. Amen. They, they have to have all three. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree.
2: So
0: one last question. Well, before we even get into the question, how many NCAA titles did you have? And I mean, not just as a team title, but as You coaching that athlete. So with me, you have...
2: God, sure. Sixty. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, right. So it's uh, But then
0: you move on and became successful yeah. I think it's, Texas A and M as well.
2: It's in the low thirties. And now and low thirties. No
0: el- <laughs> Sounds like a weather report to me. No one no one <laughs> no one else
2: will call it this.
0: I try to tell
1: people see, about it. No
2: one else will say yeah. this even, But see I count the four by one because that's a damn title and those yeah, are hard for to sure. get. Oh, So 100%. That wasn't so count, the count four my by relay one. Tile, So I think it's it's thirty three or there 32 somewhere and there, on, wow, coach that's
0: amazing that's crazy so my question is there's a couple of names and I and I include you to this category Bill Belichick yeah Nick Saban Tony Dungy Phil Jackson these guys and, and amongst others these guys have separated themselves as coaches right yes and um, what do you feel like they do collectively to make them such legendary coaches and what have they done separately to
2: make them stand out um I don't know that much about all of them I have impressions of all of them I read a little I read Bill Bill Belichick's book so my, my interpretation of his growth he is the master tactician and that doesn't you don't come by that cheaply he earned that through hundreds of thousands of hours of video study and you can't fake that he's the master tactician John Wooden is the master teacher and it's, it, it's not accidental to me. Um, Lou Alcindor's magnificent development to become Kareem Jabbar would not have happened without John Wooden. John Wooden was a teacher mm-hmm. and Kareem Jabbar was actually bullied as a child in seventh grade because there were academic standards of his, uh, at his house. He was, a very curious and devoted student. And at, stu- and at school, he got bullied. You're trying to be white, you know, and he got uh, yeah. un- immeasurably mm. hassled because he was a, a basketball player of the mind. Mm. And Wooden was the perfect mentor because had he been somewhere else, it would have been basketball. But ba- And Wooden brought out and polished his basketball and. Let him run wild as a student, and he's one of the most educated men in America. Mm -hmm. If you've ever read his prose Mm -hmm. or his, he's brilliant. He's Mm brilliant. He, you know, he may be a better thinker than a basketball player, and he's arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. So, this is a significant human being. That doesn't happen without the collaboration between him and Wooden. Wooden was a teacher, Mm. and uh very old school kind of teacher but that was perfect for Al Cinder who became Jabbar mm-hmm. you know um Sabin is just uh, uh he, he has an incredible will and and you know the result is the proof is in the pudding i mean mm-hmm. you know scoreboard <laughs> just <laughs> like that you can't you can't fake that now i think the interesting thing about him i think his uh inability to be perhaps is successful at the pros, you know, you can't rule with an iron hand like that when you're coaching grown men. Mm-hmm. And I understand That's that. That's factual. Yeah. That's factual. You know, I mean, you, yeah, you, can't can't you, can't do that. you can't you can't do rule can't do with that. an iron I, hand I like that with grown they yeah. men. They get paid as much as
1: you do. How are you going to tell match. them
2: what to do? They get paid more than you and, do. How so are you going to tell and, them what and, to which do? Which brings us to the, maybe the polar opposite. And this, you know, it's funny. Coaching is just hard. Being a parent is hard. Yeah. You know, that's why it's hard for me to abide, you know, when people say, well, Phil Jackson didn't do anything because he had Michael Jordan. The superstars are the hardest ones to Hard to, to coach, manage, yeah. So don't give me that. Yes, like, he Like, you know, and that's why, and, and Red Arback doesn't get enough credit, but I'm like, Red Arback had Bill Russell in the, those amazing Celtics lineups. Yeah. So he had to have been the master communicator. You know, Arback told Russell one time, you know, Bill, I didn't like what you did there. And I Russell ran a foul of a team rule somewhere or did something at practice our back didn't like. And RBAC tells him I didn't like it. He says, I, and he says, You're the you're the lead dog. But in front of your men, I'm tomorrow i'm going to correct but he told russell this mm-hmm. before he did yeah, it yeah, and, then really the, and then yeah. the next day yeah I checked him you know, in the, and it went like, off it, and then like, the, the next it. day you know he did whatever he needed to do in front yeah, of the yeah. group to yeah. make set that right but you know i thought but man to man before going addressing yeah. it with the team he addressed it with russell himself first and i said well That's why the guy won nine NBA titles right there. Like you know, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and so so all of these all of these coaches, uh, you know, have in in, you know incredible strengths and abilities that they came by honestly, and Mm. um, you know, uh, um, you know, Saban, you know, I just I I admire because of his his relentless will, but clearly the other thing Saban does well. Clearly, he hires magnificent staffs mm. because there's a lot of good coaches who it never quite comes together, and 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 Alabama always has it together because they're well-coached, and one man can't coach an entire football That's team. Facts. So he's, ha- he's handling his business. He's good at
1: HR and, yes. and at keeping a team.
2: He's yeah. good at and keeping a the crew. And then still hiring people who will coach the X's and O's the way he, he wants, wants him it to done. Follow him. So his system is intact, yeah. and they're getting coached. But no one's running afoul of the scheme. It's that's he's, hard to do. He's, yeah. he's good at creating disciples, discipleship discipleship. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, good. Yeah, one. That,
2: that's a good that's the that's the so, so all communication these, basically the GS yeah, is, as is a really good coach. And 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 clearly, you know, uh, you know, his is anyone ever communicated better than Phil Jackson? I mean, that's yeah, I mean, yeah. You, yeah. Uh, you know, small story. I have a friend of mine, I'm not a Lakers fan, but mm-hmm. a guy I coach with loves the Lakers above all things. And um You know, he was the one who explained to me, when Jackson calls a timeout, Mm -hmm. he lets the music play, and the cheerleaders dance, and all the noise go, and when the horn blows to go back on the court, and it gets quiet, that's when he gave the instruction. He never gave the instruction during all that hubbub of the timeout. So they're just literally standing around. Waiting. While the other cu- team is doing their, th- with mm-hmm. all this hubbub, mm-hmm. horn blows, things go quiet, and he gives the instruction. Smart. I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Smart. You know, little things. like So if yeah, he's doing matters. that, what Finding else is he doing? Finding his time. time. Yeah. Finding his moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. making sure that when he speaks, it's going to be short, but going to hear me. It's going to be, dis- be received. There's not going to be any. It's going to be received well, yeah. There's no distraction. That's
1: good.
0: Yeah.
2: And, you details. know, just, just stuff like that, you know, so these guys didn't get to where they were, these coaches didn't get to where they were, you know, by, by, uh, by luck. Yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate your time. Thanks
0: for coming out. Thanks for chopping up with us. Hopefully you get to come back again another time, talk a little more. Um, coach, thank you. Thank yeah, you well, so much. For your well, hum- humble. Coming.
2: Thanks to y'all. And, and, and honestly, you know, y'all are the future. So, keep doing what you do in love and and one of the thing i think the thing i was calling you about that uh, day uh-huh. i don't remember what it was but i remember in spirit yeah a couple of things they were done with how ca- they were done with love and mm-hmm. with respect you were advancing your cause with love and respect it wasn't about uh aggrandizing the self or putting anyone else down. Mm-hmm. And so I knew this was legit. So ever yeah. we just wanna we we just wanna be good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank we you. just wanna be good. Yes, sir. And and you can do that with authority and y'all keep up the amazing work and because uh, y'all are gonna y'all are gonna uh Rule the roost here if you if you if, if you haven't already <laughs> appreciate it coach. Take appreciate care. you coach. And another another th- thanks everybody. Yeah. We, we out.
0: Say. Ready set go. Yeah.